Hand me the baby. Stay away from my sister, orphan. And what does Kaya have to say about it, Gideon? She has no voice in the matter. You're not an adequate match for her. You have no heritage and no future. I come from a very respectable family. Micah has a seat at the city gate. He's a distinguished merchant. Uh, yes, but you're not his son. You're a no-name. Gideon, has the word of the Lord not taught you to be compassionate with orphans? I'm sorry, Rabbi. We're all aware that Anam means no name. My sister deserves better than him. Anam, we each have our own burden to carry. Perhaps yours is that you are not to marry. Yes, Rabbi. After all, you are 30 years of age. Most men of that time already have sons to carry on their line. I am constantly aware of that. We must all accept the lot which the Lord plans out for us. I understand. Now, let us all return to our homes. And may the Lord bless and keep us all. Amen. Today, the family of Micah celebrates the engagement of John, son of Micah, to Abigail, daughter of Nathan. The marriage was easily arranged because both fathers were business associates and highly regarded in the community. The union will no doubt enlarge the profits of both merchants and carry on an impressive family line. It's a happy day for everyone in Micah's household. Except me. This event reminds me once more that I do not belong. I am not related by blood. The siblings call me brother and treat me well, and Micah has always cared for me like one of his own, but each passing glance, an awkward smile from his son's it proves only to remind me that I will never truly fit in. Nah, my son, why, why are you hiding here in the corner? I'm writing in my journal, Father. I should like to read that journal someday. I'm sure that it holds many secrets to your heart. Well, you know that I keep no secrets from you. Except perhaps the ones that would help me make you happy. If I knew those secrets, I would use them on myself. <laughs> Come to table with me and, and celebrate in your brother's joy. You may find happiness in such moments. Yes, Father. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sit, sit next to me. Yeah. My, my family. <laughs> my family. 
Today is a good day. My youngest son, John, takes this beautiful woman as his wife. Abigail, not so long ago I had such a blessing given to me. My dear wife, Miriam, may she rest in peace, was the joy of my life. We made a happy home. God gave us many strong sons who have taken good wives and born many good children. Like me! <laughs> yes, young one, like you. God has been most merciful. And now I welcome a daughter to my family. God be praised. Thank you, sir. Everyone, eat! <laughs> Come in. I couldn't sleep. Well, I'm not surprised to see you at my door tonight. I'm sorry to bother your reading, Father, and, and I'm sorry about today. Oh, never mind. I'm glad you came. <laughs> Sit. Thank you, Father. John's a lucky man, isn't he? <laughs> Very. Abigail will make a good wife. You chose well for him. A good, honorable wife is important to a man. <laughs> but, uh, of course, you didn't come here to discuss John, did you? You always could see right through me. <laughs> you are my son. Yes. Uh, in a sense. Ah. So that's what this is about, eh? You want to know about the circumstances of your birth? Yes. And I... I knew this day would come. I, I should have been the one to bring up the matter. I'm sorry to ask. I don't want you to think that I don't appreciate everything you've done for me. Perhaps I... And um, you've always been most respectful. Yeah. It's time. I will tell you all that I know. Thank you. <clears throat> it was... Many years ago, I'd been traveling alone, not a wise thing for a merchant to do, but in my younger years, I took chances. I was on my way home from Jerusalem. Night fell, and I had just set up camp when I heard a commotion nearby. I didn't want to leave my merchandise, wondering if this was a trick employed by thieves, but my curiosity got the best of me. I mounted one of my donkeys and rode toward the sound. From a dry creek bed, I heard a wailing. In fear of my life, I dismounted, unsheathed my dagger, and moved cautiously toward the edge of the creek bed. I cannot tell you how astonished I was when, rather than bandits, I saw a soldier's horse toppled over on its side, dead. Pinned beneath the animal was a woman. Beside her, wrapped in a lambskin blanket, lay a crying infant, <laughs> no more than a few months old. The child was me? It was. And the woman? She was your mother. There was nothing else I could do for her. She died moments later. W what would cause her to take her child so far from the city at such a late hour? 
It's still a mystery. All I know is that as I held you in my arms, I thought what a fine-looking boy you were. <laughs> I wanted to consider you as my own son from that very first day, as did Miriam when I brought you home to her. We thought we would call you Jacob after my father. However, when we took you to the elders at the synagogue, they saw that you had already been circumcised, which meant you had already been given a name, as all boys are on the day of their circumcision. It would dishonor your parents, alive or dead, to give you another name. And that's the reason we deemed it necessary to call you Anam, or no name. Doing so fulfilled the letter of the law. I see. The elders told me that it was my duty to try to find your family and return you to them. But as I said, I had no means of knowing where you came from, or for that matter, who you came from. The only clue I had was the lambskin blanket you were wrapped in when I found you. Uh, how could a blanket tell you anything about me? The time has come for you to see, as well as hear. This is the blanket I found you wrapped in 30 years ago. It's beautiful. <laughs> I always wondered what was in that old chest. Read the inscription on the back. Uh, <clears throat> Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to men of good will, through Jesus Christ, who was born of Mary in a stable in Bethlehem, and who, wrapped in swaddling clothes, was in a manger, he who is the Savior of the world. I don't understand. Nor do I. Nevertheless, this blanket is rightfully your property. <laughs> At least I now have something some connection to my past. Father, you said this blanket was your only clue. Where did it lead you? Well, unfortunately, the only place it took me was to a dead end in Bethlehem. Bethlehem? Yes. When I arrived there, I heard of a terrible evil that had befallen the town. It seems that the king had received information that a child had been born there who would someday present a challenge to his throne. So he ordered all the male infants in Bethlehem to be slaughtered. That's horrible. Yes. I've often wondered if your mother fled from the town to save you, and in her flight happened upon a horse that belonged to one of Herod's soldiers. She must have ridden the horse as fast and as far as it would go until it finally collapsed in the creek bed where I found you. Did the townspeople know my mother? Well, the more I asked about you and your mother, the more hostile the, the people became toward me. They were angry and suspicious. My questions were quickly met with a wall of silence. Are you all right? This story raises more questions than answers. Who am I? Who were my parents? And who was this Jesus? Questions I never found the answers to. But I must. Th that is, sir, with your blessing. Oh, my son, you have much more than my blessing. 
It so happens that I need to deliver a shipment of goods to Jerusalem a few days from now. You and I will travel together as far as Bethlehem. From there, I will continue on my journey and you will begin your own. Our journey to Bethlehem takes us on roads less traveled. Although that often means increased danger from thieves, we wanted to avoid the crowded highway so we could be alone. Regardless, part of me wishes that I could make the trip without Father. I need to gather my thoughts along the way. I find that the best companion for such endeavors is God alone. I've discovered that He speaks to me most readily in the still, small voice instead of the noise and busyness of life. Writing your secrets again, my son? Oh, I'm sorry, Father. It's just that I uh, think best while writing. Meditation is important. The Lord often fills our void of words with his deeper understanding. So long as we have ears to hear. <laughs> Do you? I don't know. I'm not even certain I should be taking this trip. What can I hope to accomplish? We've been over this. You can find the truth about your family, your heritage. But will knowing that change who I am, or should it? Is a name truly that important? Certainly I can have value without a family heritage. One man's opinion does not give another man value. Our value comes only from he who created us, who created everything. Look up into the heavens. What do you see? More stars than I can count. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Do you suppose that the hand that created such grandeur to display his majesty has overlooked a purpose for you? Father, you're already up. Did, did I oversleep? No, there's no hurry. You were restless last night. Many things were weighing on my mind. You seem troubled as well. I'm, I'm brooding over this passage from the sacred scriptures. It's, uh, well, it's rather disturbing. From the Pentateuch? No, no. These are the inspired utterances of the prophet Isaiah. Amazing that... Hundreds of years after his death, his words seem to speak more clearly than ever. The section I just read tells of a mysterious figure, a servant who will come and give his life to save his people. A servant? How can a servant save anyone? Well, the great prophet says that this servant will be despised by man reviled. He will suffer much, but through his suffering, God will heal the nations. Interesting. Though I'm not sure I understand. Well, I don't fully understand it myself. But I do believe that what he's trying to tell us is that we must look at suffering in a different way. We must see it from God's perspective rather than man's. Even now, our people suffer greatly under the oppression of the Romans, which makes me wonder if Isaiah, though writing long ago, was speaking to us today. Yes. 
Well, the morning is escaping us. We should pack up and continue on. Bethlehem isn't far, but making Jerusalem by nightfall will be a challenge. I'm sorry about this, Father. Oh, nonsense. We'll make up the time. No. I mean, I'm sorry to put you through this. I'm sure my desire to find out about my parents is hurtful to you. No, I'm fortunate to have been a part of your life at all. I've always known you would make this trip someday. The Lord brought us together for a season, and now he moves us into a new era. You've been a joy to me these past 30 years. You continue to be a joy today. And you have been more than a father to me. <laughs> well, there you have it. However the Lord directs our paths, nothing will change our love for one another. And that being the case, let us have no more talk of disappointment. Let us instead get straight to the business of packing, shall we? <laughs> All right, Father. Well, my son, this is where our roads diverge. Part of me wishes you could join me. Well, I too wish I could continue on with you. I would only be a distraction. Still, I will always be there for you whenever I'm needed. Thank you. It's a beautiful day. The sun and wind make me feel as if anything is possible. This is a gift. The creation is his voice speaking hope into you. <laughs> safe journey, Father. It's safe journey, my son. <laughs> when next we meet, I expect a full account. Keep writing in that secret journal of yours. <laughs> I will. And you can read every word then, if you wish. I shall. For Anam, you are God's creation and his voice of hope to me. Good day, friend. Help you? I'd like some food, please. Uh, take a seat over there. Here you are, uh, fresh bread and steamed vegetables. Mind if I join you? I, I haven't eaten yet myself. Yes, of course. I could use the company. My name is Anam. Uh, I'm Reuben. Uh, I don't recognize you. Uh, you have family here in Bethlehem? Actually, the point of my visit is to find out about my family. Um... Uh, How's that? Uh, my mother died in the countryside near here when I was a baby. Uh, a merchant found me and raised me. But the only clue to who my family might be is this blanket that uh, my mother wrapped me in. Let me see. Read it for yourself. It's quite the riddle. I think you'd better leave. What? I, I don't understand. What's wrong? I'd like you to leave. Now. But I just started eating. No. You're finished. Have I offended you in some way, sir? Goodbye. What an odd place. Excuse me, friend. I'm looking for information about my family and wonder if you might be able to help. Certainly. What can I do to help you? This blanket is my only link to my parents. There's an inscription on it that may provide some clue. Let me have a look. Get out of here! You've no decency in you! 
I, I, I meant no offense. And I wonder if you might look at it. Perhaps you'll know what it means. I'll give it a try. You outsiders, you think yourself so clever. Go away! I don't understand. Do you understand that? Go! And I wondered if you might know about my parents. Do you have anything that might hint about who they are? I... No. <laughs> I just know that they lived here 30 years ago. Well, many people lived here 30 years ago. In fact, most of the town did. I'm afraid I can't help you. No. It seems no one can. <sighs> Peace to all here. And to you, stranger. Are you here for lodging? Yes, and a meal, if you would be so kind. You have enough money? I do. Hmm. Then I will be so kind. Sit anywhere you like. Why, thank you. I am Johannan. I own this inn. I am called Anam. Anam? What a strange name. Who is your father? And from where do you come? Uh, my father is Micah. He's a prosperous merchant, and our home is many miles to the south of here. I have traveled with him from time to time, but we never stayed here in Bethlehem, just passed through. Hmm. Your face reminds me of a man I once knew. Uh, never mind. Such ponderings can drive a man to madness. I'll just see to your food. One moment, sir. Would you join me? I'd be happy to talk with a friendly person. Actually, I usually dine with my wife, but she's very ill. I'm sorry to hear it. But I will join you. I, too, would be happy for some company on this lonely night. So, other than being found a short distance from here, I have only that blanket to help identify my birthplace and my parents. Does the inscription on it mean anything to you? No. No, it doesn't. Still, earlier, you, you thought I looked familiar. Perhaps the reason is because you once knew the man who is my father by blood. I'm sure that I don't. My mind was probably playing tricks on me. Very well. I was born 30 years ago. Perhaps news of what happened here at that time would help me find my family. You have no idea of the evil that fell on us during that time. Nehar, more wine! The inscription on that lambskin recalls terrible memories of murder and suffering that tore at the very heart of our village. The one of whom the inscription speaks... All of the killing happened because of him. You mean Jesus. I'll thank you to never mention that name in my presence again. And if you're wise, you'll keep this lambskin to yourself from now on. I meant no offense. And I'll have no need to discuss it again. If you help me now. Your wine, Master Johannes. You may leave. Yes, sir. The last time I heard anyone speak the name on that blanket was many years ago. 
pack of foolish shepherds told tall tales that led to soldiers coming to town, and with them needless bloodshed and death. These shepherds came into town with a fantastic story. All made the same claim, that they had been visited by an angel. An angel? Height of foolishness, eh? An angel of the Most High visiting such lowly men? Perhaps he had a special reason for this angelic visit. Special reason? They stormed into town telling everyone that the angel came to announce the birth of the Messiah right here in Bethlehem. But I don't understand. How did their story incite a massacre? Three powerful and wealthy men from far-off countries came. Their caravan was so long, I stood on the roof and still couldn't see the end of the procession. Obviously, the word of the shepherds had reached across many countries. The wealthy travelers visited King Herod, notifying him that they had come to worship the new king. Naturally, Herod wasn't pleased at the news of a rival. This had to be addressed. So he came up with a plan. If he couldn't find the shepherd's messiah, he would annihilate every boy of the age that could become the Messiah. His soldiers were given the command to murder every male infant in Bethlehem and the surrounding countryside. All our boys, every last one of them were... <laughs> I'm sorry to bring you such grief, Johannan. I only wish to find out about my family. Well, I assume then the name on the blanket, Jesus, is the child they said would be the Messiah. Yes. Everything now seems clear. I was one of the children the king wanted to murder, and my mother died trying to save me. I can only assume that my father died in the rampage as well, or he would have been with her, or tried to find me. Many families in Bethlehem suffered great loss that day, and the wounds remain unhealed. Perhaps they will never heal. Now, I've said enough. The night is late and my head aches. You may have a room for the night, but I don't wish to speak on this matter any further. It's in the past, and we cannot amend our memories. We can only try to live with them. Trust you slept well under my roof? As well as possible. Thank you. Good. I wonder, Johannan, if you can tell me the shepherd's whereabouts. Why? I would like to talk to them. My friend, as I have told you, they are evil men, responsible for the killings that took place. If you are righteous, you'll want nothing to do with them. I don't fear them. Evil or not, they may be able to shed some light on who I am and where I come from. It's your decision to make, and I'll leave you to make it. They've recently returned to the area. Where do they camp? North of here at the winter feeding grounds, a short distance outside of town. Thank you. Your breakfast should be ready. I haven't any appetite. I'll just pack my things, settle my account, and be on my way. Very well. But be on your guard. You cannot trust a shepherd.
We hope you're enjoying The Shepherd's Prayer by Richard M. Berry, presented by ChristmasBook.com and this station. Our story continues in a moment. I paid for my room and set out on my journey for the winter feeding grounds. I didn't get far before I came upon a series of foul-smelling caves used as stables to shelter animals in the winter. I quickly discovered that the early morning winter breeze, combined with my hasty decision to forego breakfast, left me chilled to the bone. I decided to build a fire in one of the caves and have a small meal before continuing. I ate a bit of bread and cheese and felt immediately refreshed. I began to gather my belongings when I heard a noise, sheep bleeding in the distance. I'd no sooner heard them when I had my first introduction to a shepherd. Who are you, and what are you doing here? I am Anam. I've stopped to have something to eat, and you are? Jonas. You're from Bethlehem? I came by that way, but actually lived many miles from here. But I have reason to believe that I may have been born in this area. Why? Does your family hail from Bethlehem? I can't say for certain. In fact, I'm on my way to the winter feeding grounds to find out. I've been told that the shepherds there might know about my family. Who told you we could help? We. So you're one of them? And if I am? Well, that makes my trip easier. Perhaps you would take me to the others? Why should I? Ask me your questions and save yourself the trip. I'd rather wait until we get to the rest of your people. I've had quite a few... Reactions. Reactions from whom? The people of Bethlehem. <laughs> well, perhaps you're not as bad as I first made you out to be. If the villagers treat you with as much disdain as they do me, you must be doing something right. Then you'll take me to the feeding grounds? Yes. I had hoped to spend some time here in prayer, but it can wait for another time. Well, what's so special about a smelly cave that would bring you all this way to pray? This is the place he was born. The Messiah. Messiah? You mean Jesus? You know about him? A little. I hope to find out more. It seems that my life is somehow intertwined with his. Knowing more about him may just provide the answers I've been looking for. That may be truer than you know. I have to confess that if Jonas is representative of the other shepherds, they don't live up to their terrible reputation at all. Although blunt and untrusting at first, Jonas seems to be a righteous man. Of course, he could be luring me into trusting him so that I suspect no danger. Still, I know I must go. It seems I am destined forward, thrust into an unknown future to reveal a clouded past. Lord Almighty, I have come this far, trusting you to lead me. Please don't let me fail now. After so many years of doubt and unknowing, let me find the courage to learn the truth. I beg of you, make your strength my strength, and I will not fear these men, nor turn away from them. We're nearly there. See the campfire? Uh, yes. Yeah. Jonas, if what you say is true, why would God send the Messiah to be born in such a lowly place as a cave? It's not a place fit for royalty. I cannot say. 
Perhaps so that he experiences the bitterness of our life and can better rescue us from it. Or because this child is a myth or a fabrication. He's neither, I assure you, as you'll soon find out. Well, what do you mean? Eli will enlighten you. Who is Eli? I am. Jonas, we didn't expect you to return so soon. Eli, this man was at the cave. He has questions he thinks we can answer concerning the whereabouts of his family. Mm, I see. We're humble shepherds, but we'll help if we can. Thank you. I am Anam. Peace to you, Anam. Come, enjoy a meal with us. While supper was being prepared, I wandered the meadows with the sheep. At times, I feel very much like these animals. Dependent, a follower, one who sticks with the herd. I've played life safe, staying under Micah's protection instead of striking out to find out who I truly am. The fact that I've come to shepherds to inquire about my past shows how desperate I've become. While my brothers are back home enjoying their lives and souring offspring, here I am in the middle of nowhere trying to learn about my birth. I have no idea why I believe these outcasts will help me when everything inside me says they will do the opposite. They seem to be hospitable, at least the few I've met. Perhaps they are even now strategizing a way to kill me. There are no civilized people for miles around. If anything happened to me, nobody would know. If I don't return, will Father come looking for me? What about my brothers? Would they- There you are. Eli was worried about you. Supper is ready. Come. Jonas, I've heard about the hatred that the people in Bethlehem have toward you all, and I think I know the reason for it. It's because they don't know the full story. They don't know the truth. Knowing the truth. <laughs> is that even possible? Of course. If it were not, life would be meaningless. Exactly. So why do you all gather here this particular time of the year? Not to visit a smelly cave. It's easier for Eli to explain. I have a feeling tonight will be very interesting for you. Uh, why? You'll see. Come. Thank you for the food. We're glad for your company. Not many in these parts care to associate with us. None, actually. Yes. Well... They have suffered much. And we haven't? All suffered, Jonas. But few have been given the gift we've received. And what gift is that, Eli? Truth. Truth. Now would be a good time to tell the story, Eli. The story? <laughs> about the angel, you mean? How did you know about As it? As you wish. I will recall that holy night for as long as I live. So many stars out that night. More than a man could ever count. To pass the time, I connected them to one another with imaginary lines. Some became great sailing ships, others lions or bears. Alas, most came together to form sheep. <laughs> yes, it always comes back to the sheep. Now, at first, I thought my tired eyes were playing tricks on me and that my weary mind was not serving me well. Looking toward the heavens, I saw a powerful beam of light. Its brilliance flooded down on a spot near an oak tree a short distance away. I stood frozen, 
My jaw hung open, my eyes wide with wonder. I couldn't begin to comprehend this thing I saw, and yet I knew that I stood in a presence beyond the natural, something supernatural. As soon as I gathered my wits, I dropped my staff and dashed off to tell the others. Wake up! I have seen a sign, a heavenly light. You must all come and see, quickly, come! What are you rambling on about? Uh, if this is your idea of a joke, Eli, I'm telling you right now that- Wait, look! Everyone stopped and watched in stunned amazement. For in the distance, the heavenly light blanketed the entire hill from where I came. We all ran directly to the oak tree, which was now lit up brighter than noontime. It was the middle of the night, and here we were, shielding our eyes. In the light, I, I see a form, like a body. It, it's an angel. An angel? He had the form of a man, but his appearance was far beyond the glory of an average man. His wings looked like those of a large white dove, only much brighter, and they fluttered with a rhythmic grace. I fell to my knees, as did my brethren around me, the older men pushing their faces hard against the grass in fear. Each one of us knew in our hearts that we were in the presence of a heavenly messenger. Then we heard a voice, a voice of power and authority, and yet full of grace and gentleness. He said, Be not afraid. I bring you tidings of great joy. Today, in the city of David, the Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. The Savior, he said. I couldn't believe my ears. All of Israel had awaited this day for many ages, long before even our fathers' fathers were born. He continued with a smile that could melt the hardest of hearts. This shall be a sign unto you. You will recognize him thus. In a stable behind Bethlehem, you will find a baby in swaddling clothes, in a manger for animals, as there was no room for the Messiah in the city of David. No room for the Messiah? What an outrage! At that moment, I wanted nothing more than to find him and honor him in any way I could. But before I could even stand, the sky flashed like lightning, and I heard the sound of rushing waters, and the sky filled with what must have been the entire host of heaven. Glory be to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to men of goodwill. should we do? We should build an altar. No, Benjamin, we must go to the city and ask Rabbi Issachar what this means. Friends, we know what this means. The Messiah has come. Let's go and find the stable at once. But there are many stables. How will we know which is the one? I met a young couple earlier today. They were looking for lodging but couldn't find any. I told them about the caves just outside town. 
she was about to give birth. Surely this is the babe that the angel told us about. Gather provisions as gifts, quickly! We left the flock behind and quickly made our way over the hills with the light of a great star to guide our way. Bypassing the sleeping town, Simon took us directly to the stable. When we arrived, none of us seemed to have the courage to go inside. Eli, you were the first to see the angel. You go in. But, but, I don't know what to say. Uh, tell them that an angel sent us here and that we have come to bring gifts and to worship the Messiah. The Messiah? How can I dare approach him? Well, at least take a look. If you're very quiet, they will not even know you are there. <sighs> very well. Well, what do you see? A young woman. Oh, she's as beautiful as the angels. Her baby is nearby. He must be cold and hungry. Oh, she's picking him up. He seems very content in her arms. Go inside and introduce yourself. Then we will come in and join you. Go in! I don't think that I can... Who's there? Uh, um, well, sir, we are shepherds. We have come to bring food for you and gifts for the child. And most importantly, to adore the Savior. I am Joseph. Come. Mary, we have visitors. We have food for you and your husband. This sheep lambed only a month ago. Her milk is very good. God will remember your kindness. Uh, and this lambskin blanket will keep the child warm. I prepared it for my own child, who, who is about to be born, but would be honored if you would take it for the Savior. We have no way to repay you for your generosity. All we can offer is our gratitude. There is one thing you can do for us, sir. May we worship him? Come, and tell me your names, each of you. I will remember your kindness and tell Jesus about you when he is older. Jesus? Yes, that is his name. I am Eli. One by one, we stepped forward and told the mother our name. I am Benjamin. She allowed us to kiss the hem of his garment. We worshipped for what seemed to be minutes, but it must have been hours. I am Andrew. Gently rocking the tiny baby in her arms, Mary asked us how we knew of his birth. I told her this same story of the angels and the message they had delivered unto us. On hearing my words, she smiled knowingly at Joseph and said that we were honored among men. We, lowly shepherds, were the first of many to hear the truth. It's an amazing story, Eli. Yes, but it is not a story, Anam. It's a testimony to the truth. It has changed my life. I am a new man. That's what the truth does. Once we know it, we can never be the same again. What a remarkable night. 
The images from Eli's account have been burning through my mind. Mostly, I'm struck by this Jesus and how the inscription on my lambskin blanket speaks to his birth. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to men of good will through Jesus Christ, who was born of Mary in a stable in Bethlehem and who is the Savior of the world. Jesus seems to be at the heart of so much controversy. The shepherds adore him and claim him as the promised Messiah, yet the people of Bethlehem revile him and refuse to even speak his name. As for me, I'm unsure who to believe. One thing is certain. While it's possible that they are mistaken about the events of that night, these shepherds are not evil. To the contrary, they're quite genuine about what they believe. And like the journey that they take every year returning to this place for enlightenment, my journey, I believe, will unearth enlightenment for me. My coming here has certainly been orchestrated by a more powerful hand. Lord, I believe that the answers to my questions are staring me in the face, but still, I cannot see them. Please, give me wisdom. Open my eyes. Anam, you're still awake? Are you unwell? Uh, no, just writing down my thoughts and praying. You have much to think about. Jonas, I wonder if Jesus ever felt as if he belonged. Did the spite of the townspeople overshadow the love of his parents? We cannot know. Why do you ask? Well, that has been my experience. Loved by him who found me, despised by everyone else. I wonder if I'm betraying the only person who truly cared for me in search of ghosts. Those who truly love you must understand your reasons for this journey? Perhaps. But I'm not certain I do. Well, what do you mean? I wonder if finding out the truth is the right choice. I've lived with this mystery my entire life. In a way, it's become a part of me. If I do find the answers, everything could change. I could lose the family I have in addition to losing the one I never had. But were you happy in that life? I had moments of happiness. The trading journeys when I accompanied Micah, one in particular. When I met Judith, I thought I had found happiness. Who is Judith? <sighs> My first love. Micah engaged in commerce with her father. Judith had a keen sense of math and helped her father keep accurate accounts for his business. An uncommon occupation for a woman. <laughs> Judith was an uncommon person. I knew it the first time I laid eyes on her. She had such a smooth complexion and thick, dark hair, just finer than any I'd ever seen. But more than anything, she possessed a wit and intelligence that was intriguing. So you loved one another? Yes. It wasn't long before I went to Micah to tell him that I wished his permission to ask for her hand in marriage, but his reaction was not what I expected. He said that such a union was impossible. Was she betrothed to another? No. He told me that her father would never permit me to marry her. It seems that his bloodline is of a long and noble heritage, and he would insist that her husband be a man whose seed can continue that noble bloodline. What of Micah's bloodline? Wouldn't that suffice? Although Micah considered me to be his son, the world didn't see things that way. 
As my real father is unknown, any children of mine would suffer the same fate, no heritage. That fact has haunted me. Your real father is unknown. Hmm. I was on a similar journey a few years ago, searching for a truth that eluded me. And? I found it. Or rather, it found me. How? Actually, it was who? That was when Eli took me under his wing. I had so many questions that I wanted to ask him earlier. He reads late into the night. Go talk to him. If anyone can help you find the truth, he can. Eli, are you awake? Yes, of course. Come in. I, I beg your pardon, I don't mean to intrude. <laughs> no intrusion at all, my son. Sleep is a gift to the young. Though it seems you are not able to sleep as well this evening. My mind is too busy thinking. <laughs> so, you enjoyed my account of our miraculous encounter? I did. In particular, the words that the angel spoke to you. Oh, why that part? Because it is very similar to the inscription on this blanket. Where did you get this? My father, well, uh, the man I call my father, found it wrapped around me when I was an infant. Not far from here, I believe. My mother lay dying beside me. And she gave her life to save mine. I see. Eli, do you think the words on this blanket connect me or my family to this Jesus somehow? Oh, there is no doubt. I knew your father. In fact, I knew him very well. You knew him? Yes. He was my master. I used to care for his sheep. You knew him? T tell me. Please, what, what, what sort of man was he? Ah, a wonderful man, well-respected in the community. He loved you and your mother very much. I vividly recall how he beamed with pride and joy over your birth, his first and only son. You were there when I was born? I was. It brought me joy to see your father so very happy. Then, then you must know my name, my true name. I do. Please. Eli, who am I? You are Stephen, son of Issachar. I've never known. I've always wondered. Your father Issachar was a rabbi and leader of the synagogue. We all respected him for his wisdom and for his knowledge of the things of God. What happened to him, Eli? Did he survive? <sighs> The sad answer is, no, he did not. The relatives of those who were killed in the massacre took his life in revenge. Revenge? For what? Why would they kill him? He died for proclaiming the words of God. But he was a rabbi. It was his duty to proclaim God's word. Yes, but they still blamed him. <laughs> ah, it's a difficult time to remember. I was close to your father for many years, Stephen. I knew him well. So, 
Following our miraculous encounter with the angel and after visiting the newborn king, the first man I went to see was your father. How did he react? He came with me to see the child. He prayed to God himself for confirmation and soon came to realize that Jesus and his parents were special people in God's plan. But even then he was not fully satisfied. Issachar scoured through the ancient prophecies for confirmation of the angel's words. You see, Stephen, being very learned in the Torah, he knew exactly where to look. What is it? What's wrong, my son? Being called Stephen. I'm just not used to having a real name. How is it that you recognize this blanket? That was the very lambskin we shepherds gave to Jesus on the night of his birth. Mary wrapped the baby Jesus in it on many cold nights. Jesus was also wrapped in this blanket? Yes. But how did my mother come to possess it? She accompanied your father during his visits to Joseph and Mary. Before long, Mary grew very close to your mother. After your birth, she wanted to do something special for her. She gave her that blanket as a gift of love. Are you certain it's the same one? <laughs> Very. I recall your father writing those words on the lambskin. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to men of goodwill through Jesus Christ, who was born of Mary in a stable in Bethlehem and who, wrapped in swaddling clothes, was in a manger, he who is Savior of the world. Your father wrote those words in the form of a prayer and as a testament to what he knew to be true. He did that especially for you, Stephen, so that you too might come to believe when you were old enough. I don't know what to say. I wish I could believe. I could say I did, for my father's sake, but I... I can't. Not yet. It's... It's difficult to believe that this Jesus was the Messiah since he's been missing so long. You haven't seen him since he was a babe, 30 years ago. That, my son, is where faith comes in. In a moment, the conclusion of The Shepherd's Prayer by Richard M. Berry, presented by ChristmasBook.com and this station. Are you certain you must leave, Anam? I was just getting used to having you around. Thank you, Jonas, but yes, it's time. Surely Micah will be wondering about me, but I thank you, and you, Eli, for helping me along my journey. Truly, your coming here was directed by God. Of that, I am quite certain. As am I. Here. I want you to have this. What is it? A gift. From your father. He gave me that scroll because I went to him first with the blessed news from the angel. It's something so special to me that I've hidden it away in my heart. Now it's time I pass it on to you. Thank you. Read it, Stephen. The words may guide you on the rest of your journey. And 
I do hope you find your way. Oh, don't worry, I know my way home. <laughs> I don't mean that journey. I mean the searching in your spirit. Once you arrive at the truth, only then will you truly be home. Yes. Well, if I just knew the right road. Travel by the way of the synagogue, where your father taught. I thought you said it was a ruin. It is. But you may discover something there for your soul. It's not far. I know the way. I'd be happy to take you. Oh, very well. Goodbye then, Eli. I hope we meet again. I believe we shall, Stephen, in God's timing. I don't know, Jonas. My father Issachar was obviously a brave man. He died defending what he believed, but this, this faith, it makes no sense to me. Jesus was a tiny baby when Eli and my father saw him. How could they be so certain he would grow up to be the Messiah? God is calling you to trust, Stephen, to obey in faith. Only then will you understand. But this Jesus may not have survived at all. It is very likely that the soldiers found him and he's been dead these last 30 years. You were one of those children and you survived. True. But even if Jesus did somehow survive the slaughter, why should I believe that he was the Messiah? Nothing has been heard from him or his family since. He may just have been a baby surrounded by odd circumstances. If you believe that, then you must also believe that Eli's faith led to the deaths of all those children, one of whom was his own. What? Yes. Eli lost his only son and his wife in the massacre. But Herod couldn't kill Eli's faith. It has remained strong and true all this time, so much so that he shares the truth of it to everyone he meets. I wish I could share his faith. But my doubts crowd out any seed of trust. Is this a synagogue? As you can see, there's not much left of it. The foundation's the only thing still intact. A few sticks of charred benches and furniture remain, but not much more. So, Father, this was your holy place. Hmm. Sit. Take your time here. I'll walk the fields for a while and leave you to your thoughts. And if I were you, I'd read your father's scroll. You might find some answers. Yes, the scroll. The testimony of Issachar. I wish I could find my way to see things as you did, Father. But it, it's difficult. Perhaps I don't possess your measure of faith. Perhaps I'm more like Micah than like you. More analytical in my beliefs. It may be that little of you lives on in me. I, I can't shake the feeling that in spite of now knowing where I'm from, there's still no place for me to go. I'll read your scroll. Hopefully your words will give me the light I lack. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name.
This scroll is fascinating, Jonas. My father quotes multiple witnesses, including a highly respected priest named Zacharias, who was a close relative of Jesus' mother. All said that there had never been any doubt that Mary was a virgin. Further proof that Jesus is God's own son. He also described three powerful men uh, called Magi who came from distant lands to pay homage to Jesus. They followed a bright new star that heralded the birth. He quotes the prophet Isaiah who foretold their visit with incredible detail. Listen, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. And my father personally saw the gifts the Magi presented to Jesus. They did include gold and frankincense. Remarkable. Even Eli and the other shepherds are spoken of in the ancient scriptures. Here, one of the psalmists writes, They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him. And the prophet Micah foretells the place of Jesus' birth. But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. Jonas, the, the weight of this evidence is astounding. All of the signs in this scroll written centuries before our time point to one person, Jesus. Your father was a wise man, Stephen. He searched the word of God, and when the Messiah came, he was ready to welcome him. His faith in God and in the prophets was unshakable. And his blood flows through your veins. Yes, but I'm not Issachar. I'm a merchant's son and will always be. Hmm. Now that you know this truth, who you are, what will you do with it? Well, there's nothing else for me to do but go home. Settle down with some nice peasant girl and live out the remainder of my days. At least the knowledge of my lineage will allow me to do that. But surely you now believe. I'm not sure what to believe. I believe that the holy words point to Jesus, but I don't know if he's even alive or what it all means to me. Then you're going home? I'll stop in town first for provisions and then begin my journey back. Thank you for your help, my friend. I'm glad to have met you, Stephen. I pray that the Lord himself will give you clarity. Peace on this place. Ah, Alam, I was just speaking about you. About me? Why? My love, come here. There's someone I want you to meet. What are you going on about, Johanan? Oh, greeting, stranger. My love, this is Anam. Anam? Oh, I'm so very glad to finally meet you. Well, thank you, I think. Anam, this is my wife, Raisa. I, I'm very glad to meet you, Raisa. It appears that you've recovered from your illness. Praise be to God. I had been told there was no chance of recovery. Johanna and I both believed that my sickness was unto death. We even prepared my burial plot. But in his goodness, the Lord sent us a healer. And now I feel like a healthy young girl. Oh, that's wonderful. I've read of such healings, but never met anyone who has been healed. Who was this man? Anam. It was the one they called Jesus. Jesus? He, he was here? Only hours ago, he and some of his followers were passing through town on the way to the place of his birth. My husband said that Jesus seems to be connected to your own birth in some mysterious sort of way. Yes. Yes, I, I now believe that he is. 
I would like to meet him. Where might I find him? As I said, he was taking his disciples to the stable where he was born. Then they were going to find the shepherds at their winter pasture. Take the north road. It's rough country, but we'll save time. You might even make it there before they do. I shall. Thank you both. I hope you find this man, Anam. I'm sure that he will heal whatever troubles you. Jonas, I'm so glad to see you. Stephen, what are you doing here? I thought you were on your way home. Is something wrong? No, but I must know. Is he here yet? Is who here? Excellent. I've arrived before him. Before who? You'll see. Where's Eli? Down at the stream, washing up, and then to say the evening prayer. Jonas, I believe all our prayers will be answered tonight. What do you mean? I'll explain. I promise. Come. Eli must hear this news as well. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to men of goodwill through Jesus Christ, who was born of Mary in a stable in Bethlehem, and who, wrapped in swaddling clothes, was in manger. He who is the Savior of the world. Eli! Stephen, is something wrong, my son? Why have you not returned to your people? Eli, I just came from the inn. You'll never believe who was there. Who? Actually, they're coming this way right now. Look. Who? One who loves you. Well, if that's so, my friend, you would be the first in many years. Peace to you all. I am a rabbi, and these two men are my disciples. I've returned to this area to show them my place of birth. You were born here near Bethlehem? Yes, during the time of the census. My parents and I lived in Bethlehem but a short time. They spoke fondly of some men who were a great help to us during those days. Pardon my gaze, Rabbi, but your humble dress is much different than that of the rabbis I've met. I heard your prayer as we were approaching. It was unusual. Where did you learn it? It was taught to us by an angel of the Lord long ago. The angel announced the birth of the Messiah in Bethlehem. Messiah? Is it this Jesus you mentioned in your prayer? Is he your Messiah? Yes. But he's not just my Messiah. He was sent by God for the salvation of the whole world. God has answered your prayer tonight, Eli. Behold your Messiah. It is I, Jesus. Jesus! Lord! I came to tell you, Jonas, Jesus was at the end. He healed a woman there. Glory be to God. My Lord! I prayed I would live to see you again. Now I can die content, knowing my hope was not in vain. Rise. My mother spoke of you all often. I wish to know you. I've come to stay with you, to share a meal with you, to comfort you, and to be your friend. I think of you all often, and pray for you. Though I was a babe when you came to offer me your adoration and gifts, my mother has many times recounted your visit on the night of my birth. Uh, please, Master, if I should be so bold to ask, why were we, humble shepherds, chosen for such an honor to be told of your birth? In my kingdom, greatness is not measured by the standards of this world. Those who have labored righteously in humility will be rewarded by my father, and many whom this world considers great will not be. 
Master, if I may, these men here have unjustly borne the hatred of the community related to a massacre that took place soon after you... Uh, thank you, Stephen. But I'm sure we would all rather hear the teacher's words than relate our miseries. Please, Master, teach us your wisdom. Your story is important to me, my friend. I am familiar with that tragedy. Your wife and son perished. You couldn't even bury them because the people of the town threatened your life because of your testimony about me. Jonas, how could he know that? I don't know. You have all suffered greatly for the sake of the truth. Though it may seem that your efforts have been in vain, they have not. For you have planted seeds among the people, preparing the way for the appearance of the Son of Man. Many will taste salvation thanks to the bitter cup you have swallowed. I should like to speak with each of you for a while. I have much to tell you about your sacrifices and your place in my kingdom. Beginning with you, my friend. Me, Lord? I'm not a shepherd. You are Stephen, son of Issachar. Walk with me. You've come here for a reason. Y yes, Rabbi. And that reason is? I came to find out who I am. And your search took you on a journey to discover your heritage and the fate of your parents. And my name. All my life, I've lived without a name. You hope that learning all of this would give you direction and purpose? Yes. How do you know so much about me? I know that your heart is still burdened. You came seeking flesh and blood answers, and that's all you found. It seems that you know me better than I do. Discovering the truth about my family hasn't provided a purpose for my life. I still feel empty and alone. Look up to the heavens. What do you see? Stars, Lord. So numerous they cannot be counted. So numerous that you cannot count them. My Father in heaven knows each one and has placed it in the heavens for a special purpose, just as he has created you for a special purpose. And you are more precious to him than all the stars in the heavens combined. Master, am I to become your follower? Only those who embrace the truth and believe in me are worthy of my kingdom. I do believe, but I am not worthy to follow you, Lord. My life is nothing. I'm a person of such little value. Stephen, it's for such as you that I've come. You've lived the life of the outcast. Your heart identifies with others in pain. You shall indeed follow me, and your deeds will earn you a special place in paradise beside your father. Lord, I could ask for no greater purpose in my life. If I can be of any service to you and your kingdom, I submit my life to you. Come, we have much work to do. I've never felt such hope and freedom. Jesus looked into my eyes and called me to follow him. Then he prayed for me and for the sacrifice I must make to follow him. I don't know what he meant by that, for I now believe that it could be nothing more than pure joy to be counted as his disciple. The next day, the disciples informed the shepherds that Jesus intended to move on. All gathered to worship at the master's feet and to say goodbye. Lord, we, we cannot bear to have you leave us. We beseech you, please let us follow you. No, my friend. 
You all must go in the opposite direction. There's much territory to be covered, and the good news must be spread throughout all Israel. But we're not learned men, Master. We need you to teach us before we can go out into the world. What have you been about all these years but doing my father's work? You've spoken the truth, even when others cursed you and persecuted you. Go now and continue to proclaim the truth that many may believe and be saved. But Master, what will become of these men? They've suffered so much already. Must their pain continue? Stephen, all who believe in me should expect suffering and persecution. Indeed, some will give their lives for my sake. But all who suffer because of me will be rewarded by my Father in heaven. My friends, in this world, there will always be hatred and violence and suffering. But let not your hearts be troubled. My peace will protect and comfort you. Eli, what you saw that night in the stable in Bethlehem was the unfolding of God's plan to reconcile man to himself. It was with good reason that a lowly stable was the place of my birth. The wise of this world look to rich men and palaces, but God is not impressed with such things. Creator of all that is, he asks only one thing of those he calls his children, that they love him unreservedly and take hold of his free gift of love. Master, will we see you again? You will. But now, go. Light the fire of God in the hearts of men everywhere. Remain steadfast in your faith. Continue spreading the word of truth that you have received. And be of good heart. I will never forsake you. And with that, Jesus blessed them, and amid shouts of praise and hearts of joy, journeyed forth. Micah, my father, I now know that my entire life has guided me to this place. Never before did my life have purpose or validation, but now I carry the good news of hope to all men. Never before have I had a name, but now I am called by His name. Today is the beginning of my new life and the death of the old one. I pray that I'm worthy of such a high calling, but I know one thing for certain. I will never again wonder who I am, for I am Stephen, your grateful son, and a son of the Most High God. Hello again. I'm Richard Barry, the author of the story you just heard entitled The Shepherd's Prayer. As I said at the beginning of this radio presentation, two scriptures from the Bible suggest that the shepherds' encounter with the angel and the baby Jesus was only the beginning of their story. The Bible says that the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel said to them about the child Jesus, and that all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. I believe they never stopped telling people about that night, even after Jesus disappeared into obscurity for almost 30 years. If this is true, then the shepherds of Bethlehem were the first evangelists. But there's more to it than that. The shepherds lived as nomads and wanderers, continually moving about the country to find fresh pastures for their sheep. I have no doubt 
that they told their story thousands of times and has spread among the common people all over Israel. So, when Jesus began his ministry, many of the people were already predisposed to believe in him due to the shepherd's testimony. It was no accident that God chose these humble herdsmen to be the first to hear the good news. The Bible also says regarding the nativity story that Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered them often. Surely she shared her memories with Jesus. It would make sense then that Jesus would later visit his place of birth with his disciples and want to be reunited with the shepherds, his first friends. For these reasons, I believe the shepherds of Bethlehem may well be among the greatest unsung heroes of the Bible. The character of Anam in my story was inspired by Stephen, one of the earliest followers of Jesus. The biblical book of Acts, chapters 6 and 7, tells us Stephen became the first Christian martyr. Like his father in my story, Stephen died for proclaiming the truth about Jesus. Both Stephen and the Bethlehem shepherds epitomize the earliest Christian believers. Their unwavering faith, even in the face of barbaric persecution, helped build the early church as it sought to spread the message of Jesus. They lived their lives as humble yet heroic champions of the faith. The Shepherd's Prayer was written by Richard M. Berry and dramatized by Dave Arnold. Music by John Campbell. Sound designed by Glenn West and Gap Digital. Directed and produced by Todd Busteed. Additional information about this story is available at christmasbook.com. Thank you for listening.